0: Welcome to Behind the Paranormal, with Paul and Ben
1: Eno. More than time by themselves, what exactly is a poltergeist? What are
2: white-eyed children? Hey there, and welcome to Behind the Paranormal, this is the 200 and or 200 huh, the 624th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno and the first live show on our new Sunday noontime slot here on ON 1240 I'm Ben and those eyebrow raising questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal my dad and this afternoon I'm used to saying this evening we bring you an open line show uh, with a number of great questions from our listeners and as always you're welcome to uh, call in the numbers are 800-449-1240 that's from anywhere in the US or Canada and 401 Six one two four zero locally also we will monitor emails paul at behind the paranormal.com for emails
1: so for those of you who are surprised to hear us at noon on a sunday surprise we have come in from a monday slot we've had for years uh drive time monday drive time and we customarily have guests. We hope you will enjoy the show for those who are new listeners. And uh, when we say open lines, that means you're welcome to call, as Ben just said. But we also have lots and lots and lots of emails we receive from people really all over the world who have questions, and we attempt to answer them on these open line shows. Uh, next week, we'll have a guest, and we try to do these shows at least once a month as far as open lines because we'll never catch up.
2: <laughs> oh, they just pile on and pile on and pile on. Indeed.
1: So let's uh, get right into this, and here is one from Robin in Utah.
2: Three, so Robin writes to us, uh, is the multiverse really a totally cool thing, or are we trapped in an unsolvable maze? Uh, okay. that's nice and short yeah it is yeah. short <laughs>
1: well for for someone who might be a new listener, uh, we supposedly have like three million listeners mainly by podcast and stuff. we've been on the air for many years, uh, including CBS, so it was um, uh, we have quite a listenership. however. You might not know what the multiverse is. Just very briefly, our approach to the paranormal is not the classic garden variety spiritualist approach you'll hear from most people. Uh, by the late nineteen seventies, I was very suspicious about that. The explanations about ghosts being spirits of the dead and all this business—it didn't—it didn't add up. It didn't seem to make sense, and it did not answer. The uh, the things that I was seeing and hearing are usually in the presence of witnesses. So, the multiverse idea is uh, it really dates back to 1895, but it has been used uh, most readily and most uh, frequently by those who uh, agree with quantum physics, uh, fringe area of particle physics, uh, that among other things suggests that we live not just in one universe, but that there are many parallel universes. The universes. Uh, in which all possibilities exist. This is considered by most to be good science now. And that's what we were seeing in uh, paranormal work, and we still do. And that's the idea of uh, the questioner when she asks about the multiverse. So there are questions of philosophy that arise, of free will, things of this kind with the the multiverse idea. And um, I personally think... It's a good thing in response to Robin's question. I think that we have more choices than than we ever suspected that we did. We are not perhaps prisoners of our own lives because we, if this theory is correct, and we believe it is, we're living parallel lives in many different places, many different ways, many different times, all at once, and it's all us.
2: I'm going to add a caveat to that. Sure. We can make ourselves prisoners.
1: Well, that's very true. Would you care to extrapolate?
2: Well, uh, well, think, thinking of it like this, you can put yourself in a mindset that keeps you in a certain way of life or a certain lifestyle for the rest of your life. Saying that, um, well, we really are trapped in a maze, therefore you will be trapped. It's like, um, I don't want to use Rene Descartes, so I'm going to think of a different no, analogy. Like no, no, we do not. that's French philosopher
1: but, who came up with modern thinking. We don't like that. Prophecy. Yes. Yes, self-fulfilling
2: prophecy. Exactly. Thank you, Josh. And um, Our producer, Josh. Yes, director. yes. Yes. Uh, a uh, round of applause for him. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I, I'm just, I'm gonna be thinking about that for a while. So you can go back to what you're, what you're saying, and i Well, I'll I think more. you've
1: said it, Ben. Yeah. I think that uh, what we do with the multiverse awareness existence, if we even have it, and most people don't, is uh, our own choice. As, as we've often said, you make your own bed in the multiverse. Right. You That's know, what I was going for. Your life is what you make it, and as, a, as an extension, our world is what we make it. Our, our, our life together as a species and as a biosphere is what we make it yeah so that's how i would answer i
2: totally agree with that okay so we don't moving on to the next one yeah already cool so the next one is from sherry from doesn't give us a location so sherry writes to us have you ever done a show on black-eyed children uh but now i'm hearing about white-eyed kids uh what is this about well,
1: uh, one thinks of the alleged quote from the Battle of Bunker Hill, which was actually on Breed's Hill, uh, do not fire until you see the whites of their eyes. So the, the, whoever these, these white-eyed people are, they're lucky they weren't at Bunker Hill. Dude. That's Shh. supposed to be funny. American Revolution. Anyway. it's a good try. <laughs> yeah, because under another hat, I'm, uh, I write about history as well as the paranormal. So uh, I happened to fish an article out of, uh, that happened to arrive just after this question did. And uh, it's from uh, our good friend Cliff at Pararational.com. It's a very good site. Check it out if you, if you can. Pararational.com. A para as in paranormal and then rational instead of normal, right? And it's uh, a very good site with all sorts of interesting information. And he happened to have an article just on this very subject. There is something that, that I, I tend to suspect a lot of this is urban legend.
2: Oh yeah, I was actually no. just gonna bring up I, I remember I looked into this because I remember someone asked about it before on another open line show. Yeah,
1: Black eyed children and white eyed children.
2: Yeah, I mean I looked it up separately, like like I think like the next day oh, yeah. or or something and I um I, I was I just you know what does any normal person do nowadays when they don't know what something is? They Google it. So I Googled it and the only I'd found like nothing really super duper credible. The only thing that I really found is it's a popular um it's like it's like a what's what's the word? It's like a site for urban legends called Creepy Pasta, and it's, it's Creepy
1: Pasta. Yeah,
2: Creepy Pasta. Okay,
1: I, I can make that.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, have you have you never heard of that? It's there's no. some, there's some cool stuff Damn, on I'm there. Two years old. Shh, you go like, on yeah, Facebook. You, you have no excuse. No excuses. All right. You go on Facebook. You can you can understand the interwebs. All right. So Creepy Pasta is essentially it's essentially urban legends. Some of them more credible than others. So I mean, the it's like where uh, Slender Man and all that stuff sort of originated was this was Creepy oh, Pasta. Really? Yeah, Batman I mean, Batman
1: too, because that's going to be our show next week.
2: Uh, maybe. Okay. Who knows? I mean, right. not to say that none of it could be real, because there is a potential for it to be real. But the, the, the point being is I never, I didn't really find anything credible about it. So I'm fascinated to hear what this article says.
1: Okay. Well, it says it, – it starts – you may be familiar with black-eyed children or black-eyed kids, B-E-K. They even have their own acronym. Uh, how they operate and the results of encounters with them. But there is a phenomenon that is being reported along with them. And Cliff wrote this article, actually. Uh, that is encounters with white-eyed kids. While not as common, it seems that very few, that a few people have reported seeing them and their methods of operation seem to differ slightly from the B.E.K.'s, black-eyed kids. And there is an eyewitness report here, supposedly, and uh, I will skip over most of it. This uh, person was in a car, and as soon as I was inside, this is a quote, as soon as I was inside, that's the car, a sudden light tapping, on the window startled me i turned to look out the driver's side window to see a kid maybe eight or nine years old standing right about a foot from the door staring at me yeah kid i asked he stood motionless and expressionless for a few seconds and i asked the question before saying "Uh, mister can you roll your window down my hand this is the thing with black-eyed kids you're not supposed to open the door to them because they i don't know whether they hypnotize you or something
2: no they usually come in threes
1: okay something like that all right uh, something in the pit of my stomach was starting to feel wrong. I shook my head and asked, what do you need, kid? And It must have had a car like your old one. You could talk right through the window without opening it. Um, another few seconds before the kid replied, mister, I think I'm lost. I started to realize that beside, besides this kid's mouth moving, he wasn't budging at all since knocking on my window. Yeah, I believe that's another characteristic of these things. The, the, the uh, facial expressions are pretty much non-existent. Yeah. Kind of thing, you know? Uh, playing the sympathy card is definitely standard operating procedure for black eyed kids, uh, as is the lack of any unnecessary movement. Watch a child for a moment if they are awake and they are never and they are never stock still that's true. I was your father I remember you, you i 'm still never still, never so. still. <laughs> no for a child to knock on a stranger 's window, an odd thing to do anyway, and then stand like a statue is definitely unnatural so th- so this kind of goes on uh, and uh, I-, I think perhaps we could um, Look into this more, uh, in more depth and perhaps answer the question mm-hmm. then, or plan a show on this subject, both Black Eyed Kids and White, because I think we know. but well, we there's know so
2: little know. known about the phenomena, or if it's even been verified. Yeah, that's the thing. Supposedly,
1: it's... I mean, I've, I've talked to people who said they've seen this, this kind of thing.
2: So uh, yeah. why don't
1: we look into doing a show on that and perhaps treat the subject? Well, with it's certainly a... becoming
2: more popular, so yeah, yeah. you know what R- Rather than just
1: speculate.: Yeah,
2: okay, yeah. Well, why don't we do? All right, good.
1: So We're... what's our next
2: uh... Uh, Next is uh, Mark In WinSocket.: Oh, imagine someone from the local area.: <laughs> Yes, <laughs> okay. so he, he writes to us. Paul and Ben, it is, inter- it is always interesting when you talk about spiritual parasites. A couple times you have talked about one in Indiana that was, so- that was sorry that it had to feed on the guy it was with. Have you heard of this before? And are they really sorry or are they just lying uh, to you?
1: That's a good question, Mark. Uh, again, a little, just a brief background. When people uh, commonly think of the paranormal, among the things they think about may be uh, quote unquote demons, okay? Uh, popular films such as The Conjuring uh, and Lorraine Warren, whom I worked with uh, for years in the 70s believed in these demons. When I when I was in a house with them in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and stuff was flying around, and uh, we assumed it was demonic entities and that the church had to deal with by exorcism. Well, uh, you know, and, and I also was involved in some exorcisms when I was at the seminary. However, now I look back on all those things, and I don't think that's what was happening. We believe that there, are, and we run into them all the time, there are parasitical entities. So, so that's what Mark means when he's talking about spiritual parasites. I don't even think they're spirits because I've had physical confrontations with them uh, in one of them in this Bridgeport house. So I think that we're dealing more with uh, living things that are part of nature, uh, just as a mosquito will land upon you and feed upon your blood. These things are perhaps inter- well I don't use the term dimensional i don't know that that's not really a correct term to use when we're talking about parallel worlds because interuniversal not the same thing well, interworld a multiversal whatever 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 term you want to use. they seem to be able to move among worlds there are about nine different species of them, and uh, I have never really caught them telling the truth very often if you can even understand what 's going on because they're not human again it's another species that just feeds on uh, is is a, a mimic they pretend to be something else and uh, they they you can see where they would be responsible for our folklore about demons and things of this kind because they do kind of fill the bill so as far as uh, one telling the truth and being really sorry about uh, and I, I of course this i know to be a fact this is what I, this thing was doing it was um it seemed sorry that it was it had to feed upon the person the the, the host if you will and th- this raised questions at the time could this be <clears throat> or could this once have been a human being or someone who w- would would fit the definition and of course that that's a slippery question because we're dealing with other worlds and there may not be any humans in in there or when or when they move back and forth it's it's a really difficult question to answer i don't think that these are former humans or anything like that. First of all, you can really can't have a form or anything in, in a world or a, a multiverse where there is no time in a linear sense, such as we experience it. Even Einstein was talking about something similar. Mm. We, don't, um, we experience time from past to future because of our consciousness. That's the way we experience it. But there really isn't any past or future in, in the strictest sense of the physics of time. Everything is simultaneous, at least that's what uh, many, many physicists believe, and that's what seems to pan out, certainly in the paranormal world, uh, if you look at it. So um, I, I rather doubt that this entity was telling the truth or really felt sorry for what it had to do. I mean, how sorry are you? Well, then again, there are people who feel sorry if they eat a chicken, I suppose, anybody who eats meat. So I suppose you know nothing is impossible but there is a, a number of things that are doubtful about this. What do you think Ben?
2: Well, I think this sort of leads into the next question because it's a very good um Well, yeah, actually it's it's a very it's a very good uh transition into into the next question. Well, well the demand you... this was happening to yes.
1: tended to believe this
2: entity. Right. Well, this is this is well, would you mind if I went to go into the next no, question? No, go right ahead. Already. So Hank from New York makes a very interesting point here. And he writes, uh, I've heard Ben question some of your UFO guests and even some of the big names, and sometimes they do not like it when he questions them about the motivations of aliens. Some of them have forgiven you. No, exactly. Uh, I am also very interested when you both talk about people confusing aliens with demons or parasites, as you call them. Uh, How can we possibly tell what the real motivations are of what kind of creatures or spirits we are dealing with? Is it possible the, the Christians are right when they say that it all comes down to the demon or whatever term you want to use for what is not good for us? Well, you take that one? Well, I mean, we're going we're gonna to view this from perspective. Everybody has a perspective, and we view things from a certain framework that we have been given throughout our entire life. So we look at a situation, and we perceive it as something because we need to make ourselves understand it. But we have to understand – we don't understand what we're dealing with, nor do we say that what we say is is canon or whatever. Like what we say is like perfect, and we know everything. We just have what we've experienced, and that's what's developed our framework over time and how we view things in a multiverse perspective. Now, the reason I go after the big names that say, oh, well, you know, aliens are there to like you know enlighten us and blah, 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 and it's like we, we don't know that. No,
1: we don't. We don't know it. We don't know anything. That's the motto of our show. Everything you know is wrong.
2: Exactly. So I understand, what Hank, really I understand what Hank. I understand what Hank is saying here. And you know what? For and we're not saying that. I'm not saying that. I know what the intentions of like aliens are or whatever UFOs. aliens may be. Yeah. I mean, we don't. We don't know. And nor am I claiming that. Oh yeah, no. Ev- everything is wrong. Like the Christians are wrong. Everybody's wrong. I'm not claiming that at all. It's. It's more of. How can we perceive something in a way that is not destructive towards us? What is the least dangerous way that we can perceive things? Because we can perceive ourselves as knowing everything. Be like Aristotle and say, through logic, we can learn everything, which is just not true. But Aristotle
1: also had the, uh, the premise that you start with the tabula rasa, the empty slate. That's true. So you start with nothing, and then you write on the slate as you learn. So
2: you're right, but I mean, you start with nothing. That's true. but According to
1: Aristotle, anyway. Well, you in don't this, like.
2: No, I, well, I, I like him, but I don't. <laughs> we have a love-hate relationship. No, I haven't relationship. seen him lately. But, you know. We have a love-hate relationship. We okay. still hang out sometimes. But, um, no, but you get what, you get what I'm saying, I right? know exactly what you're saying. And it's, it's, I live with you. It feels as if I say things and they don't come out the way that I'm trying to say them. I'll
1: fix it. Don't worry.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that. Because there, there's just so much we don't know. And, like, even me spinning this pen around in my hand, I don't know if it's really there. Who knows? It's it's getting past the whole dualism thing where everything is good and evil, whereas rather than things are just existent. Like, parasites exist. They're not necessarily good or bad. They just exist. They're a part of nature. That's how it is. But we don't know, nor is it fair to put human traits upon, like, Ext- like extraterrestrials, Or human motivations. Yeah, that's the if thing. They are that's that's what I really. That's what I really point out is that it's not that I know what the. It's not that I'm saying like, oh well, we can know what the motivations of aliens are. What I'm saying is it's not fair to put human motivations on such creatures because they're entirely alien.
1: Well, again, l- let's take it from layer number one. Right, All right. We've got the notion of aliens. All right. One problem, and and you have pointed it out on a number of occasions, and you're right, is our paradigm, our epistemological paradigm, as we'd say in philosophy, how we know what we think we know. And the human experience really conditions that epistemology, that that, that, uh, sense of how we know what we know, and it's very, very narrow. As we often point out, Ben, uh, when... UFOs in the modern sense became popular in, well, they really were known throughout history, but particularly in modern culture in the 1940s into the 50s, everyone just assumed that they were nuts and bolts craft coming to visit from other planets. I mean, what else would they be? Uh, however, with the, uh, and, and that's that's entirely possible, uh, how you would travel such distances. I mean, we don't have that technology yet as far as we know, but how you would travel such distances is, not, is another question. Uh, very few people today are narrow enough to question the idea that there are residents of some kind or life of some kind on uh, other planets. Uh, we assume it has to be life as we know it in order for it to qualify for the term, and the name life. I think that is really narrow. There's all kinds of life as we don't know it, and we run into it from time to time. So, th- so there's the issue of what exactly you mean by alien. And uh, in recent years, really over the past 10 or 15 years, the, the notion of what an alien is has expanded considerably uh people are now that's why you and i are invited to speak at ufo conferences all the time now because people are getting used to the idea maybe it is a multiversal thing maybe whoever or whatever it is 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 not necessarily from another planet in the sense that we've traditionally understood that maybe it's someone from another well people use the term dimension but that's really not the same thing as a parallel world but you get you know they're getting the idea and uh what we present is very very well received now in the UFO community. That wouldn't have happened 20 years ago. So there's that. But to get back to the question here that Hank from New York is asking is, uh, you know, you've got issues of parasites and aliens. And one of the things that has happened with us in the past few years is that some of these big names, uh, even a few you have uh, uh, rattled on the air, Ben, uh, have come to us and asked about well, gee, you know, this person is having even an an abduction experience or has seen a UFO, and all of a sudden they have poltergeist activity taking place in their house. Or all of a sudden they seem to have increased, quote-unquote, psychic power. Or they're seeing what would normally be interpreted as a ghost uh, in their house. and, And, you know, is there a connection with the UFOs? And we say definitely yes, because the same process is involved. This moving back and forth between parallel worlds. So even if the ufo or the craft or whatever it is doesn't exist in our uh, reality or time stream or whatever it does exist in in others and um is are the things that we commonly label as demons or parasites or aliens could they be the same sorts of life forms at least once in a while because we have this this very narrow approach as we said so I think that that uh, might get into uh, answering the question about confusing aliens with demons. As a matter of fact, uh, at the uh, you, you weren't able to be at the conference, Ben, but at, at uh, two conferences last year, um, I spoke on behalf of both of us on alien versus demon, which is which? How do you tell? Does it depend on the context in which you have the experience? As we as we, the usual uh, metaphors we use, or, or, or uh, that sort is, is, if you see a wispy figure going by. In your um, living room, aha, it's a ghost. If you see another uh, kind of figure like that, only with a, with a ball over it, and you're standing in the woods or in a field, aha, an alien. You know, maybe that's not correct. So the, I guess to, to answer Hank's question, we really we really don't know uh, even the motivations of whatever this may be. I think that uh, there are basic motivations that any life form of any kind might have.
2: One would be survival. I was just going to say understanding behaviors. Understanding behaviors. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to like. How can you possibly tell what the, what the real motivations are? I guess the, I guess it would be come from studying behaviors.
1: Well, even survival as a motivation could be questioned as a universal axiom because you've got uh, if if you have multiversal creatures who are used to moving back and forth in different worlds, and we've encountered some. Uh, that sounds pretty strange, but uh, we believe we have, and these uh, these will. But if you live like that, I mean, death may have no meaning. If you can manipulate space and time to the point where uh, you can travel freely, and, and there are shamans whom I've spoken with in the past who say they do that. And there's no reason to disbelieve them because of what they know and what they've accomplished. So there really is no answer to this question except be cautious, be careful. And if you do have multiverse awareness, be careful that you're not charged with being schizophrenic and they fill your pockets with antipsychotic drugs because that's what happens in this narrow society. Because uh, having worked in psychiatric hospitals as a seminary student uh, and and a student in in psychology, I have um, seen some very knowing people who supposedly were... Uh, involved in, uh, you know, being um, uh, one psych- psychosis or another, you know, schizophrenia. And uh, instead of um, that, I think that they were really experiencing these other words. But, you know, that's me. Other, there were some psychiatrists who agreed. So anyway, uh, it's difficult to answer the question. I don't know if you want to add anything.
2: Well, I mean, I'm looking at the last portion of it too, which is, uh, is it possible the Christians are right when, it all, when they say it all comes down to the devil or whatever term you use uh, for what is not good for us?
1: Well, in the sense that these parasites do fill the bill and you can see where they're responsible for, for those beliefs. Yeah, I suppose.
2: Yeah. But, but people yeah.
1: will say, well, you know, you have exorcisms and, uh, you know, sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. Um, I was involved in 10, three of them on the same person. This is back in the 70s. I didn 't do the exorcisms, obviously, I was just a young student. I assisted uh, the priest uh, however um i don't looking back, i don't think that it was what they thought it was i I thought it was a terrible mistake to be doing this several times on the same person. There were just things that just it it didn't account for a number of things that were going on that I think the multiverse I did does account for mm. so take that for what it's worth and that that's that's the next uh, what's the next question
2: uh well nothing because we're at a break oh we're at a break okay <laughs> right
1: i see I, I can't see the clock from here anyway you're listening to behind the paranormal with paul and ben eno on on 1240 in new england's beautiful Blackstone river valley our first sunday slot and uh, we'll be right back
0: w-o-o-n one socket hey and now let's get back right. to the saint jude radiothon on w-o-o-n radio F-
2: Okay,
1: Are
0: we This is O N twelve forty, W O O N One Socket. Second three from the corner, no. Rebound Kane Broom lays it up and in with 2.3 seconds left. Greater Winsauke Catholic Regional School System invites you to their annual open house Sunday, January 31st. You'll be able to tour our schools, meet our teachers, staff, and students from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Applications for the 2016-2017 school year will be taken at both Catholic Regional Schools, Monsignor Gattery for preschool to grade two, and at Good Shepherd for grades three through eight. See for yourself what makes our Catholic Regional School System so special. Join us. for our Catholic Regional Schools Open House Sunday, January 31st from 1130 to 130 at Monsignor Gattery School, Park Avenue, and Good Shepherd Catholic School, Mendon Road, both located in Woonsocket. One school, two campuses, preparing students in the area of Catholic tradition and academic excellence. For more information, call the Greater Woonsocket Catholic Regional School System office. One school two campuses at 762-1095. That's 762-1095. You can depend on us for public service, Owen
1: Radio. Okay, well that was an interesting ride. Uh, we'll do the telethon, I guess, some other time. All right, so I believe we have a caller. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal, by the way. we'll talk No, about we do not have a life. caller. We do not have a caller. No, no, okay. no,
2: no, no, no. Just let me pay attention to what's going on. You just talk. Just, All right. Well, talk Well, let's uh, get back to
1: our uh, email questions that we're doing. Yes, local line show yes, yes. Let me yes, give yes. the phone numbers again in case someone does want to call. Of course. We'll uh, anywhere in the U.S. and Canada, 800-449-1240. Locally here, 401 766 Behind the Paranormal. So... Uh, let's t- take our next question.
2: Alrighty, So this is Barb from North Providence, uh, Rhode Island, of course. Uh, Paul and Ben, I have a ghost question. Okay. Uh, what does it mean when a ghost looks at you but does not communicate? This is happening to a friend of mine, but she lives in Nebraska, and I have not seen this for myself. She does not know who this ghost is. She does not recognize him. Sometimes he's wearing different clothes. Uh, what does she do if he tries to communicate?
1: Well, that's an interesting question. Uh, I would start by suggesting that your friend in Nebraska, uh, Barb, uh, contact us uh, behindtheparanormal.com is our website. You can contact us through that. I would like to hear more about this. However, there are several interesting points that uh, stand out in your question. One thing uh, we would say, and uh, this is our (laughs) (laughs) everything, just it's uh, all good. Everything uh, basically uh, is is that nothing in the paranormal is what it appears to be. That's a very important point that a lot of people don't get. They assume that when they, they see whatever it is they're seeing, that it's uh, Aunt Jane or somebody who died several uh, years before. Thank you, Ben. Uh, but it, it, you can't assume that that's the case. These parasitical entities we've been, who've been moving in and out of our conversation uh, are very good mimics and, uh, again, part of nature. You have insects that look like sticks in order to avoid predators uh in this case there there are certainly uh mimics that uh will hunt uh and be predators because of the their ability to blend into the scenery or to make you think there's something that's not dangerous we had uh you weren't involved in that case in Cumberland uh, Rhode Island were you um, which one on Hines Road this is this goes this goes back like then probably long, not a long no. time ago yeah, yeah. <laughs> back in the 90s it's a good assumptions yes you were just a lad of uh, probably 8 or 9 so there was um, a, a, one of the archetypal figures an archetype is something that is present in human consciousness and keeps coming up uh, many of these urban legends uh, such as we suggested the white-eyed children or black-eyed children may be or um, possibly uh, this kind of archetype or something that, that, that stands out in the my paranormal experience there was and i ran into this last in montreal canada was the the, the man in the checkered shirt Th- this apparent ghost who's a man in the checkered shirt and he keeps popping up in different places our show next week uh, will be about this sort of thing and uh, we'll tell you about that later but uh, the little blonde-haired girl, often, and I've had that happen in three cases in, right in our listening area, uh, t- twice in Burrowville and once in this case in Cumberland. And what could be more benign than a little girl, little blonde-haired girl, uh, with, even with flowers in her hair on several occasions? And very often this is a, a parasite that is hiding behind, is mimicking something that you are not going to feel threatened by. I think this is really the case. And this could be uh, the case with, with this particular entity, if that's what it is, that your friend in Nebraska is seeing, Barb. Now, uh, Ben, I don't know if you want to add something to that.
2: Um, well, I think that uh, uh, you should just, if, it, if you don't, don't try to communicate with it.
1: No, no, <laughs> don't ever try to First communicate First of all,
2: don't do that. Uh, that's, that's very bad. Uh, don't don't attempt to do that at all because you don't know what kind of bee's nest you'll be stirring up.
1: <laughs> well, even if it's not a parasite, the other possibility here is that we uh, getting back into this multiverse idea that what you what your friend could be seeing and very likely might be seeing is someone just going about his day in a close parallel reality that's occupying the same space. We find that many quote unquote ghosts are actually just people seen through a if you want to I don't know I hate to use the term veil because it's a classic misunderstanding but seen through the the uh, electromagnetic boundaries between these these versions of worlds why else would they be wearing clothes i always wondered that you know people think they're seeing spirits of the dead or half the time they're driving cars uh, riding horses i've actually seen that too and uh, sort of going about their day and in this case does not it seems to look at the percipient, but does not communicate. I'm thinking, Ben, of the case in uh, York Harbor, Maine. I bet you weren't even born. It was back in the uh, in 1979. And uh, there, the person who was the ghost was actually a student at the University of Connecticut. And the, nobody would have known about this, but the house she was, quote-unquote, haunting in Maine, she happened to drive by it at one point, knew the house, though she'd never been there before, ran up to the door, Knocked on the door. The people took one look at her when they answered the door and were, were very, very upset because she was the one haunting their house. Everybody was completely, you know, just, just flabbergasted by this. And uh, they would see her in transparent form, just like this, what, what this description seems to indicate in Nebraska, would see her in transparent form doing all sorts of things that she herself was dreaming about and had dreamed about, and although not at the same time that people were seeing. It was very interesting. And this is what really got me started thinking about this multiverse idea, because you had a ghost of somebody who wasn't dead. That happens a lot. It's just the people don't happen to run into each other. So I think that this also might be a multiversal experience that, that she's having. And it's funny, the uh, the people, when they were seeing this, this young woman in transparent form, would look, and the woman would look at her or, or the man... And they felt as though the so-called ghost didn't really see them, but was uh, looking almost through them. So one wonders if this man in Nebraska, who's being seen as a ghost, uh, doesn't even really see your friend who's seeing the, the ghost. I mean, we often find that uh, entities that we think are ghosts are actually afraid of us because they think we're ghosts haunting them. This, is, this seems to be how it wor- works across the boundaries of worlds. So I would say we'd like to hear more about this, Barb. Uh, you can have your friend contact us. Uh, we are happy to render any opinions or advice beyond what we've said here. And um, I would say caution should be the watchword in this particular case because, as we say, nothing in the paranormal is what it appears to be, and you never know quite what you're dealing with. So that's how I would leave it if you had been.
2: Uh no, I mean you basically said everything I was gonna say i was I was actually okay. focusing on on the next question because it's very long and yeah, yeah, uh, so'm okay. mentally preparing myself for it all
1: right we th- we can take that slowly then.
2: yeah no I was uh I'm pretty sure that we were going to answer this, but I think it might have been right at the end of a show and we didn't get a chance to because I was looking at this this looks really familiar but um ah, here it goes let's just dive right into it Yeah, I don't well, think I
1: don't think we I don't think we, don't,
2: don't think we made it but I, I remember reading it before because uh, I remember it being very long uh okay, so this is Joanne from Georgia. And uh, she writes to us, I've been listening to your show for seven years now and have listened to every podcast, some episodes numerous times. That's I'm... over
1: 650 hours of wow. Gee, Joanne, <laughs> you must be a real fan.
2: 650 hours of Wow. Yes, I'm enthralled with (laughs) with the the, the multi-universe theory and the parasite theory. It makes so much sense. Most uh, most recently, I listened to the show with Deborah Moffat. I have heard her on numerous other paranormal shows. Uh, However, Paul, you seem to bring something new to the forefront of this story. Parasites, not demons. As a person uh, brought up without... Any organized religion, uh, only the belief that there is a god and to be kind to all living creatures. Having this background, uh, I have always been an out-of-the-box thinker. Uh, your parasite theory is so logical. In the show, Deborah said something to the effect of, it seemed as if there were uh, more than one entity, and it seemed that there was some sort of pecking order. Uh, there was not mentioned in any of the other shows I've listened to, of course, uh, or well, this was not. this fact was not mentioned, I should say, uh, once again, you hit the nail on the head. Fascinating stuff. I realize that you know there are seven to s- seven to nine different types of these parasites. You've mentioned the different types on past episodes. Ho- However, I'm wondering if you would to go into some depth about how you've found these se- these different types. Uh, in a few shows, you speak of uh, parasites reaching its arms slash tentacles into the different dimensions and feeding off the the anguish of different dimensions. Uh, as this may show how they eat. Uh, will you go into some details about that? I realize at times these parasites will show themselves, as I've heard on other shows, but they call them demons. Paul, you said you felt bone structure. I wonder how they can traverse the multiverse in two hours, but be unseen. Uh, know, and know these things about people from years previous. Uh, maybe because it time is linear, quote-unquote? Oh, no, we did answer this. I remember this part. I think
1: we did. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes. So, our apologies. However... We yes. have probably some new listeners in this time slot, and it would not be a bad idea to maybe get into some of this at least uh, briefly because— There's uh, still a little bit more to the question, but
2: okay. I mean, uh, you, you can well, go no, for it. Go nuts. We can finish, finish the question. <laughs> all right. Uh, they could shapeshift into something familiar, use familiar voices. I'm sure all these questions are unable to be answered, but do your best. Okay. I'm, I'm glad she has faith in us.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Well, um, Again, nothing is what it appears to be, and uh, if, if you're dealing with one of these parasitical entities, it's going to try to very often make you think it's something else. Uh, one looks at—I uh, think the last place to get paranormal advice is from Hollywood, okay? Yep. Um, now, I was not involved in the—I con- was involved with the Warrens, uh, like, starting the following year after this, this case— uh, that the Conjuring film is, is uh, supposedly based on. Uh, however, uh, I did know the doll Annabelle very well, <laughs> so to speak. Sat down for tea a couple of times? Which actually was a raggedy Ann doll.
2: Oh. And the stupid
1: <laughs> thing was in, in the, the, this this museum, they as they called it, and I guess it still exists. I don't know who runs it, and maybe John Zaffis or somebody runs it now. Uh, but um, they had a... a a literally an underground passage from their very lovely house in Monroe, Connecticut to uh, an art studio because they, they were they were essentially artists and uh, they were artists before they got into uh, the paranormal work and they were of course the grandfather and grandmother of, of modern quote unquote ghost hunting really starting in the 40s and um, they, they were uh, very nice people, uh, a lot of happy memories of them personally however I, I did not agree with some of their methods or uh, we had some disagreements and uh, had an amicable parting in 1978. But in any case, I did know Annabelle. Uh, the Stupid thing was sit there and walk, you know watch me go by every time I walk. But it was just I, I don't I don't know objects can be quote unquote haunted, but there are, there are I think that there are reasons that, that uh, the, the multiverse can explain far better than any any uh, other Hollywood explanation. So so advice number one: don't take. Uh, Hollywood, seriously, as far as explaining uh, the paranormal is concerned. Uh, I think that it's uh, it's far more down to earth in many ways, but it, it it can be very frightening. I've been injured in several cases where things have been flying around and all this. Uh, so the parasite motivations, as I say, are simply to, uh, to eat. Uh, you'll notice, I would point out here <clears throat> to uh, Joanne, uh, if I didn't point it out the last time I answered this question, was that... Um, The cases such as this Bridgeport, Connecticut poltergeist haunting of 1974, uh, where I was dealing with the physical, the first time I dealt with a physical confrontation with one of these things, uh, it started out very slowly and very uh, almost innocently with some tapping on the walls, which later became pounding. And uh, my, my belief is that these things become stronger when they feed upon, you know, you get annoyed, frightened angry or whatever uh and they feed upon this and they get stronger and stronger and stronger if it gets strong enough you can have poltergeist activity occurring it's it's almost like you remember the movie et ben
2: yes when the kid leaves
1: i don't know reese's pieces yeah Yeah. uh for the alien and he he follows i guess he likes chocolate and peanut butter i mean he comes to the kid's house and they become friends and all this business well I suppose parasite activity might be kind of like that. Uh, you ring the dinner bell by being in the right the wrong place at the wrong time uh, by fighting with your fiance, as we found with the haunted policeman case in yeah. Vermont, and uh, if other, ducks are lined up because every, everybody has stress in their families, but not everybody has a has a, a parasite or a poltergeist you know bothering them. Uh, if you have the right, even geotechnical factors or high tension wires nearby, all sorts of things, high water table that can contribute to the manipulation of electromagnetic fields, which we feel is is the, the pathway between worlds sometimes, uh, all the time, uh, you can have these things happen. So you can have uh, the dinner bell ringing, and the stronger they get, the worse the phenomenon can get. In the case of the Bridgeport House, uh, or in some of these other cases you might hear about, Joanne, uh, the, the, they get enough to eat so that things just get really crazy. Uh, if th- things work out in just the wrong way, uh, you can have a bonding between the person and the parasite, and it can end up in what is traditionally thought of as possession. That didn't happen in Bridgeport, fortunately, but uh, it can. So th- that essentially is is really how they operate. Uh, they The, the fascinating point about parasites that i found is that the longer they spend attached to a person in our world or worlds uh the more they tend to forget their own origins which is really strange and the physicality that's involved and what happened in the bridgeport house is the first time it had happened to me i was a 21 year old seminary student uh, the warrens had left uh, this particular evening, and I was in—I was kind of in charge with the family, and a neighbor and a reporter. There were always reporters around when the Warrens were were working. Uh, this four of these things came from the girl's bedroom into the kitchen, down the hallway, and into the living room where we all were. Very small house, I should point out. You could almost see these gauzy structures, four of them, and one of them came right up to. I put the little girl behind me because I was trying to protect her. One of them came up to me, and I, just, I, I, I began to feel angry because I knew it was after this little girl whose name was Marcy. She was 10 years old. And uh, I um, found out the hard way that you don't do that because it, it gave it more strength. I instinctively pushed against it. It pushed back, and I felt skeletal structure. And, and this was very confusing because I assumed these were spirits. Uh, servants of the devil as a matter of fact at that point in my career and because uh, we were standing around waiting for the diocese of bridgeport roman catholic diocese to agree to an exorcism and they, they never did as far as i know so this really threw me for a loop so the the strong i, I eventually pulled everybody out, everybody out of the house and we went and stood on the sidewalk and fortunately the police had cordoned off the street because there were thousands of people Who'd been, thanks to the, the press coverage of this, had gathered. So, all this was going on, and I think they were feeding on that as well. So, I think that what happened w- with, with the physical nature of this was that it, it was getting, it was following the crumbs or the Reese's pieces, if you will, of the uh, emotions and anger of, of the people. Uh, and uh, it was more in our world than it ordinarily would have been. There are well documented, in my opinion, examples of parasites that are entirely physical, seen as animals uh, sometimes. Uh, The the Tibetan Buddhist tradition of the tulpa, which I've seen with my own eyes, uh, is um, something that is an example of this. The more the parasite is in our world, the more physical it is, because it's not a spirit. Uh, None of the nine species I've ever found uh, is really non-physical in its own reality, if I'm correct. So that seems to be essentially how it works. It's very scary. Uh, it's something that you want to avoid, and you avoid that by not throwing down the Reese's Pieces, I would say, uh, figuratively speaking, of course. Uh, you don't ring the dinner bell. You try to maintain uh, a good life, a peace within yourself, uh, not feed or put out the dinner bell again by uh, you being angry or frustrated or whatever. Now, because uh, sometimes we always are. But the best way to avoid ringing the dinner bell, if I may continue to use that, is to be close to those you love, your family. And remember, even if you're by yourself in the world, there are many other worlds where you're not. And it's, again, we've gotten into this earlier in the show, the multiverse idea. There are always ways and there are always protectors. Sometimes I've seen uh, a child uh, concentrate their own positive energy just by using a teddy bear, you know to the teddy bear, and, and the thing kind of can't get to them. Uh, one of this, the, another strange trait of these things is that they, even if there's a group of them, farming, if I may say, a certain family, they will go from one person to the, uh, another person. And once they finished with one, they'll go to another. That that case in, in Burlville, Ben, where uh, you came in later on, uh, that's the longest case I've ever worked on since 1998, and the people have moved not because of the phenomena. But uh, they, would, uh, they couldn't get to the woman because I dealt with that. It was before you were involved. Yep. And then they went to the, the, uh, the girl, the daughter, who was a little girl at the time, and yes. they started working on her. But they knew what to do at that point. They brought in positive energy, and you and I call it the Peter Pan theory. <laughs> Think happy thoughts. Because it really works. You know, love really is very powerful. And I'm not a touchy-feely guy, but I've seen it. I see it all the time. So do you.
2: Oh, I do. Yeah. Yes, so um, yes, yes.
1: That seems to be the – I don't know if that adds to the, our previous answer to your question or not, Joanne, but uh, but there it is.
2: Yeah, there's there's only so much we can do with it because I think the last time um, we answered it, I think we had a little bit more time to talk about well, the it. the best way to do it's it to it. avoid them. Yeah, well, the, the thing is she was more inquiring about their, their, their essence and such. Well, like, that's what, what, what their
1: essence is. They're, they're, the, the trouble with – the difference between them and mosquitoes is that they are very intelligent. They learn very quickly. And they learn very quickly about the one they want to be their host or the one who is their host. There are certain species that are very unobtrusive, however, you might not even know they're there. And this sounds like fairy tales, but this is as real as it gets, folks. There has been very chilling speculation on this show from time to time that we were, that our species was genetically manipulated or even created. Uh, I shouldn't say, because that sounds too divine i suppose but what has been manipulated genetically in order to be to, to deliberately be cattle for these parasites to feed upon perhaps and one one looks back at the, the legends of ancient aliens and, and and the fact that there are 223 genes in the human genome that shouldn't be there if evolution as we understand it is correct so there are a lot of mysteries within us within our dna and um but, but I, I generally find that parasites are opportunistic. They uh, generally w- will, will come and feed upon people who bring the dinner bell again. Uh, but there may be something to that. I don't like to speculate too much about this, uh, the purpose of our race being for these things. Mm. Because th- there is, there is a plenty of positive balance to these things. And I think there are far more good or at least neutral neighbors out there uh, than there are these negative uh, parasite things. And they themselves are victims. And I know Joanne also uh, makes reference to uh, them feeding in certain different worlds at the same time. And uh, I, I, an example of this was uh, I've often mentioned this case in 2004 in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, near Philadelphia, uh, there was a case where two young girls were sharing an apartment were being bothered by a parasite who, in my opinion, was feeding off, a, 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 I was either a murder or or an accident with a firearm out in the backyard. And then in the house also were, were, were four people whom the girls considered ghosts haunting them, but they themselves were being, just people living in a parallel reality in the same space, I uh, found out, and they were being bothered by the parasite as well, the same parasite, so it was reaching in to several parallel worlds at the same time. You know, wild, crazy stuff, but that seems to be how it works. To me, that makes a lot more sense than Spirits of the Dead. And you and I were, one of your first cases was the haunted policeman in Vermont. We found the same thing.
2: Yes. I like how we call it the haunted policeman, because it makes me think that the policeman himself was the guy who was haunting things.
1: Well, no, I never looked at it that way. I mean, maybe it's but, just because I, yeah. I
2: understand things backwards. I don't know. I'm weird. Okay.
1: Well, that's why we're a good team. Yes. Uh, well, we're just about, uh, I think, toward the end here. We get need to get on with our announcements. Okay. Well, We have a lot of announcements. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, Joanne, I hope, uh, having answered your question twice, that that will be of some help. If not, let us know. We're twice as helpful. And, uh, again, you can contact us, paul at behindtheparanormal.com. Uh, through our website, and uh, there are links, 100 links in there, especially with our upcoming shows where you can send questions, not just for us, but also for our guests.
2: You skipped a page. We did. Yes. Okay. We started at the bottom of this one. Right.
1: Okay. So uh, we're preparing now for our 2016 public appearances, the first of which will be on Saturday, February 13th, uh, right here in our local area, the Book Lovers and Local Authors Expo at the Cumberland Public Library, Cumberland, Rhode Island. Uh, There will be no presentation, but there will be a meet-and-greet, and and books will be for sale.
2: If you'd like them signed as well. Right. Yes. So on April 8th and 9th, uh, we'll once again be speaking at the New England ParaFest at the the Ashworth-by-the-Sea in Hampton Beach. And that's New Hampshire, and we'll have more details on that soon. Is that uh, there tickets for that as well?
1: Uh, that's a good question. I, their site, I don't think, is quite up yet. We'll okay. tell people about that. Yeah, yeah. I,
2: I wasn't sure, because I remember last year they, they, well, they were selling tickets. only at the
1: door. We'll find out about yeah, that Yeah, we'll later. find out about
2: that, and then we'll, we'll keep everybody updated. Okay.
1: Uh, it's a little early yet, but on July 23rd and 24th, we'll be at the Connecticut Paranormal Convention in Windsor Locks. We will present on Saturday, and on Sunday, uh, we will host the weekly edition of this show with all the speakers before a live audience. And I should say uh, that that is to a lot of these are charity events. Uh, that particular P- Connecticut event will benefit the, um, uh, it's, uh, the Queen of Hearts Thoroughbred Retirement Farm in Maine. And uh, we, uh, please don't send the jokes. We've got a hundred of them. Are you going to be talking about horse whispering? So, uh, <clears throat> no, that's not going to be our subject.
2: I right was wondering. Now. I was like, what kind of thoroughbreds are we talking about here? And I was like, oh, horses. Okay, that makes well, sense. Well, it's supposed uh, to
1: be for ho- homeless shelter benefit. But then I suppose you, these are homeless horses, so, you know, I guess. Uh, you know, fine there.
2: alliteration there. So yeah, find out more about our show and our public appearances and more at BehindTheParanormal.com, which we recently learned is rated one of the top websites in the world for visits and use. That's in the top million and a, and a half out of uh, 544 million sites on the planet. At our site, you can also find over 650 free podcasts of past shows from both ON1240 and our four-and-a-half-year run on CBS Radio, along with special shows and podcasts.
1: And you certainly can buy my books uh, at the Behind the Paranormal site, uh, Amazon.com, Amazon Kindle, Barnes & Noble, all the usual suspects. Uh, But if you buy them at BehindTheParanormal.com, I'll be happy to sign them for you and you will help us keep all those podcasts free.
2: And do not do not forget about the two books that are of interest to our local listeners. Uh, one is The Bell Witch Project, which contains stories and uh, a few contributions by my dad on uh, historical paranormal cases here in New England, including the 17th century Spectre Leaguers of Massachusetts and the 8th, 8th, 18th and the 19th century Vampire Hysteria in Rhode Island and Connecticut. And a lot of people have been
1: asking about uh, two subsequent books. Uh, ben and I wrote a book together. Uh, it's called Cosmic Journey Behind the Paranormal. Uh, That will be out. uh, They're talking next year. It's uh, Schiffer Books uh, from Pennsylvania, and they'll be uh, publishing that. And then uh, also uh, Dancing Past the Graveyard What Ghosts Have to Say About God. I think it's a very interesting subject, but I haven't finished it yet. I've been talking about (laughs) it for years. I will, so Ben, don't bother me. Okay. And I'll I'll, I'll finish the book. So, in any case, uh, so, okay. Yeah, I'll go ahead with the announcement of the next
2: show. All right, so uh, next Sunday on January 31st, we'll welcome researcher, author, and broadcaster Heidi Hollis for a discussion about the Hatman and other paranormal archetypes that we sometimes run into ourselves. And we'll leave you this
1: evening with a thought from for artist. this afternoon... This, I'm sorry, I'm still getting used to the slot. This afternoon, there's no pleasing some people, with a thought from artist Pablo Picasso, of all people, everything you can imagine is real, and that is it.
2: I am well you are you are Paul Eno and I am Ben as far as I know yes and it seems as if we still have a couple seconds more before I say thank you and also I, I also want